Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. And I'm Robert Bucciolato. So, Robert, we're in the holiday season of 2021 slash 2022, and I've been reading a lot in recent weeks about Richard Nixon. And the inevitable conclusion of reading about Richard Nixon and Watergate is to look at the 1976 election, uh, which Jimmy Carter was elected. And you've written a book about Jimmy Carter. You have uh, produced a documentary for us at the Florida Squeeze, which uh, we'll link to, uh, about Jimmy Carter's 1976 campaign. Let's talk specifically about Jimmy Carter in Florida, because Florida was a state which he won in 1976, but then got crushed in in 1980 in a way he didn't. There wasn't that sort of reversal from one state to another, quite like Florida in the country, quite honestly. He he ran a few points worse in most places than he did in, in 80 than he did in, in 76. And obviously, John Anderson, who was a liberal Republican, was running as a third party candidate, took away some votes on the left. But uh, no place did his vote collapse from 52% to 39% uh, statewide, like it did in Florida. And I I guess there is an explanation. So take us through 76 first. Uh, Carter wins the Florida primary. I I guess I should mention that first. Carter won the nomination largely because he won the Florida primary. It was a huge primary in 1976. And then he wins the state in the general election. So, uh, you know, Carter, he decided to announce that he was going to run for president about a a solid two years before the actual uh, nomination. So, you know, he kind of ran nonstop, no holds barred for, you know, about 22 months. And in that time, the main focus during the primary, during the start of the primary, was one for him to hit every single um, primary caucus, which, you know, at the time that was not really done for the most part. Candidates did not, they would do like a handful and go in, and, and, you know. And actually, I'll just jump in for a second and say, yeah. for example, in 1968, uh, Hubert Humphrey didn't run in a single primary. He had run in 1960 yeah. in primaries and had been, been beaten famously by John Kennedy in West Virginia, which ended his his candidacy. 1968, with the backing of Lyndon Johnson, the president, the sitting president, Humphrey didn't run in a single primary, and he won the nomination, which was, uh, in, in hindsight, absurd. But so, yeah, to your point, 1976, Carter does something very different. Yeah, and it, um, you know, basically, um, it was the beginning of what would end up being the, your standard modern uh, presidential run. The rules had changed, so uh, there was a lot more power in the delegates that you would obtain from uh, primaries. And so his main focus was to win in the Iowa caucus, which didn't really have any delegates, but um, it would be a way to show that he was a winner. Then he would win in New Hampshire, which would be the first primary, and he would use that momentum to then win in Florida. Now, uh, Florida at the time was under the, the sort of specter of George Wallace, who you know, was kind of this uh, lead balloon around the neck of the Democrats. He would sort of divide the, the vote uh, and, and sort of weigh it down. And, and as a result, um, they were having difficulties at the national level. 
uh, chiefly in 68 when he ran as an independent. So the party had basically a, a um, unspoken gentleman's agreement that they would leave Florida to Carter, that Carter would be seen as the alternative to basically smother Wallace's so the context on this in yeah so real quickly Robert the context on this was uh, in 64 Wallace had run for president uh, had done very well in the, in the in the Maryland primary against Lyndon Johnson against the sitting president 68 obviously you mentioned he ran as an independent and, and won several southern states he won Georgia he won obviously his home state of Alabama Mississippi uh, Arkansas and Louisiana he won 72 he was seen before the shooting in Maryland uh, was seen as kind of yesterday's news he comes to Florida the national media talks about how northern Florida is how it's not really a southern state but everyone else is running hard in Florida right Scoop Jackson's thinking he's going to win a lot of uh, Jewish votes in South Florida Scoop Jackson is kind of the godfather of the neoconservative movement which um, I don't I don't want to mischaracterize it because Scoop Jackson actually was very liberal on economic issues but he had this cold warrior streak which uh, is why the Bill Crystals and, and, and the uh, people we associate with the neoconservative movement were actually Scoop Jackson Democrats before they were Reagan and Bush Republicans. Now they're Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden Democrats, but you know, they flip back to the Democratic Party, a lot of those people. But um, Scoop Jackson runs. John Lindsay, the mayor of New York, runs, thinking he's going to get a lot of the New York retiree votes. He comes to Florida and campaigns. Uh, Hubert Humphrey campaigns in Florida, and Ed Muskie campaigns in Florida. So George Wallace won 42% of the vote in Florida. He had won the in every county except for Miami-Dade County and I believe Alachua. But the bottom line was he still was under 50%. So it was a resounding defeat for the Democratic establishment and a resounding victory for this anti-busing. By that time, Wallace had shifted from segregation to busing as his key issue in crime, right? Busing, crime, that sort of stuff, those, those uh, uh, coded words, kind of the, uh, the angry resistance to integration. But he had still gotten under 50% of the vote. So to your point, the Democratic uh, leadership led by Bob Stroud the chairman of the DNC from Texas made a tactical decision that Larry O'Brien, who had been the, the uh, DNC chair, former Kennedy and Johnson aide, did not make in 72, which was, OK, let's keep all the northern candidates out of Florida and let's give the other southerner a straight shot at, at Wallace. So continue. And, and so basically, um, Carter would would run. He would run every single day in one of those three states, but so did his wife, so did his mother, his children, um, his siblings. So in, in effect, you actually had about 18 Carter campaigns that were traveling all across the country every single day. And uh, Roseland was assigned Florida, and she actually sent over, I think it was like 100 in Florida campaigning wow. leading up to the primary. Uh, she was really, really driven to do that. And, you know, the, the added bonus of all of this is the fact that, um, you know, Florida, when it comes to Plains, Georgia, you know, it's, it's a difference of about 90 minutes and then you're in Florida. So it was, it was very easy to, to kind of compete in the panhandle for a day and then go back. And, um, so at the, the end result was everybody just assumed that Carter would win in Florida and then they would be able to sort of smother him in the North. 
when in actuality, by the time that he won Florida from Wallace, he was, you know, he had the momentum of, okay, I'm the winner. And simultaneously, what is so impressive about Carter's Florida campaign was that he was simultaneously running in three other northern states, and he actually won another northern state. So not only did he manage to beat Wallace to have this um, sort of healthy, more acceptable southern alternative to Wallace, but in the same sense, he was able to undercut a lot of the criticism that Wallace was given that, that he was this regional candidate. So he was able to say, I'm not, not only am I not racist, I'm not regional. And so you get into 1976, and one thing that any um, person that looks at the 76 Electoral College map will notice is that, uh, you know, Carter wins everything in the Mason-Dixon line, basically. And a big reason why uh, is because the South had a, a real animosity towards the North still. Um, it was sort of ingrained in them that, uh, you know, we're different, we're, you know, we're not welcome, we've lost, we're still sort of the, the redheaded stepchilds of, you know, the North and, and the frontier West. And, you know, you got to remember Jimmy Carter was raised in a time period where his grandparents remembered the Civil War. So it's not really a question of, you know, being nowadays where it was just something that happened and nobody knew was alive at the time period. Um, it was still a relatively fresh event. I mean, it'd be the same thing as, you know, your child uh, talking to a grandparent that was in World War II. So it was, it was a real event. And as a result, you had for the first time in over a hundred years, this candidate who looked like he was going to win the presidency, who was from the Deep South, the last president from the Deep South that ran in a home base in the Deep South was Zachary Taylor, which was in uh, the 1840s. So this was um, this was a, a kind of a, a prideful thing for a lot of Southerners. Um, they took a lot of pride in the fact that they were sort of rejoining the Union. So as a result, there was a lot of people, especially in you know, a state like Mississippi, that never voted Democrat, that voted specifically because they wanted to see a Southern president. Yeah, that, I should a, point out real quickly, yeah. the, the previous uh, Southerner, uh, sort, sort of Southerner, I, I would consider him more kind of a Southwesterner that had been nominated by the Democrats was Lyndon Johnson in 1964. He got 13% of the vote in Mississippi. He got beat by Goldwater, 87-13. Now, granted, that was before the Voting Rights Act, so that was an almost entirely white electorate. Um, but think about that. 13% of the vote in 64, 76 you run an actual deep uh, person from the deep south and Humphrey's percentage in Mississippi was a little higher because black uh, African Americans could vote McGovern got I think like 20% similar to Johnson's 13% in Mississippi and then in 76 Carter wins Mississippi it's just remarkable it, continue I, I just felt like that's that's an important data point um, and, and so you know the, the same the same sense happened in Florida where um, 
as soon as the polls closed, it was called for, for Carter. He won basically everywhere. So when you when you look at what what the heck happened from you know seventy six to eighty, that's the first clue is the fact that um, the the sort of shine was off of Carter. It was you know okay, well we've had a southern president. You know what are we? Let's move on. You know we don't. They didn't feel as though they had to. You know, give him a second term the way that they felt that they had to, to really vote hard for him in '76. Yeah, but oh, go ahead. Okay, but in in terms of uh, Florida, the other few aspects that you have to look at that really um, affected him greatly was in the Panhandle in Central Florida. He did not win the Protestant vote, mm-hmm. and in uh, South Florida, he did not win the Jewish vote. He had huge deficits nationally in both of those two uh, very important uh, demographics. And they were actually what won him the presidency in 76. He was the last Democrat to win a majority of the Protestant vote. And so basically it was just a situation where in 76 he won Florida, he won the South, he won the, the presidency. And he had all of these different things that all went right for him that so easily could have been turned the other way and could have denied him the presidency. And basically, 80, you just saw um, everything bouncing back away from him. And so, um, you know, just just even, even though you see this sea, this southern sea of blue for Carter, a lot of these different... Uh, states could very easily have been read and would be read uh, four years later. Yeah, and but I, I think the key thing about Florida is to, if you look at Mississippi, Carter fell from like fifty two uh, to forty seven, and in Alabama it fell from like fifty low fifties to forty eight. He he almost won Alabama in, in eighty. Still, he he got forty eight percent in South Carolina. He got 46 or so in, in Louisiana. He got he was very close to winning Arkansas. Actually, he lost Arkansas by 5,000 votes. Tennessee, Kentucky were also close. But Florida and also Texas, Texas, uh, Carter had won in 76. He's the last Democrat to carry Texas. The vote collapsed. So there are two big events, Robert, in that period in Florida, Florida-specific events. One was the um, Dade County Ordinance on LGBT rights, which we are going to get back to in another podcast that deserves a whole podcast. But that became a big national event with Anita Bryant. And I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with it. That ended up galvanizing. uh, Maybe it didn't hurt Carter as much as it it really organized conservatives who would back Reagan in 80 and who had been uh, maybe less organized in Florida in 76. And then Marielle in 1980, which I guess... uh, in many ways was the uh, the flashpoint under which that 80 race was run. And in, in fact, um, Bill Clinton blamed um, Jimmy Carter. Mariel refugees were sent to Arkansas, right? I just said uh, Carter actually lost Arkansas by 5,000 votes, which is less votes than Bill Clinton lost the governorship by that year. Yeah. But yeah. Clinton proceeded to blame Carter for his loss, which Carter actually ran ahead of Clinton, as I said. Uh, but whatever. But it was a flashpoint is the point. Which, I mean, the, the basically the, the reason, just anecdotally, the reason why Bill Clinton lost was because he raised 
the the uh, license tag. Yes. From about nineteen dollars to thirty five dollars, which was a huge increase to pay for the roads. And I, you could actually make the point that um, Carter actually lost Arkansas because uh, Bill Clinton wasn't as strong as he should have. Correct. Which, you know, that was back in the day where, you know, especially in the South, um, the president wasn't really the top of the ticket. It was basically the governor or the senator that was running, and the president sort of ran along with them, you know. So, um, did a, a huge disservice to, to Carter. But as far as Florida's concerned, too, and this is something that we never really talk about, uh, one is the fact that in 76, uh, the Democratic Party was a lot more united than they were in 80. And uh, another real major issue is the fact that uh, we had a very bloody 78 Senate race which alienated a lot of Democrats from themselves. And then uh, that sort of led into an even bloodier 1980 primary between Carter and Kennedy. So you basically had in 1980, you had uh, Bob Graham and Wayne Nixon basically campaigning almost alone for Carter. And they, I mean, they worked their butts off to try and bring the state for Carter. You know, Carter actually came to the state. He stayed in the governor's mansion, made his own bed when he was done with it. But um, the the powerhouse that was there four years ago, um, the United Democratic um, statewide office holders that would come and they would stump hard for him just wasn't there. He didn't have uh, the kind of connection with legislators that he had had, that he had formed uh, four years earlier because they were all gone by 1980. So it was a very very different state as well. How how much did uh, Ted Kennedy's primary challenge to Carter and then Jerry Brown jumped in later, but he didn't really compete in Florida. But so Kennedy in Florida, obviously Carter wins the primary. But how much did that hurt, kind of the the goodwill? Well, you were you were saying earlier that uh, Carter almost won Alabama, and the the actual oddity about this is that um, Reagan won about ten states by only about a point or two. Yeah. Most in the South, and, mostly in the South. Yeah, like Tennessee, Kentucky, South. all of those states we mentioned. South Carolina, very close. And um, so, one, Anderson, I think, made the difference in a lot of these states that uh, four years ago, you know, Carter won by about a point or so, or half a point or two points. And that was sort of eaten up by Anderson. And Anderson, I think, um, that's where a lot of the Kennedy supporters went to. And so, you know, that, that was a, a real crushing blow for him. Uh, but then you have this situation where, you know, whenever you're uh, an incumbent and you're having to spend money and time to beat a challenger, that's going to suck. That's going to take away from uh, what you should be doing which is looking presidential and having a, a 
massive war chest that you can then go and pummel your your um, fall challenger who has come out of the primaries usually bloody or tired or weak or you know what have you and that was not the case but you know i tell you one of the one of the great ironies about 80 and 76 is the fact that uh the two winners um of both of those elections carter and reagan you could actually make the um the assumption that uh they actually ran bad fall campaigns um Ford and Carter actually ran better campaigns in the fall, and very easily, both of these incumbent presidents, if there was just a few factors that were different, could have very easily had won the election. Um, so, 1980 was just a very bad year for Carter, and Ted Kennedy was just another instance where it was... Um, it was just another thing against the scales. And unfortunately, with Ted Kennedy, you had a lot of transplant Democrats that were more liberal, that um, just did not align with Carter. And you saw a lot of friction between um, the various coalitions that made up the rather large Democratic Party in Florida. Robert, thank you once again. And as always, you could find us uh, on online at the Florida Squeeze and at the Florida History Podcast, wherever you find podcasts.